Okay, welcome everyone. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us online. Um, we've been doing a series on listening. And just yesterday, I was getting to know someone a little bit more in depth. And I left the conversation. And I was like, oh, why did I tell that long story? I wish I had listened more and taken pauses. And I was like, it feels like we've been in this series for a while now. But sometimes when you want to learn something, you got to hear it over and over again. You got to adopt it. You got to get it into you. And so we just feel like we're hanging out on this theme of listening for a while. And um, because we feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do something in us on this topic of listening. And one of the things I love about being a listener um, and people who listen well is there's a humility there. And we want to be a people marked by humility and security in Christ. And so I just, I love that. So one of um, the people that I have learned about listening, today we're going to have two people share besides me about listening. One will be Kay Rudd and, Ray, and the other is Raylan Longhat. And um, I'll give you a little introduction about both. Kay Rudd is my mother-in-law, and um, she's just taught me so much about listening. And I said, I want you here because I want us to get the anointing. I don't know if there's a gift of listening. It's not necessarily listed in the Bible, but we want that gift. And so will you speak about it so we can receive it? And then Ray Lynn um, has been leading our Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and Emotionally Healthy Relationships course. And she also has just been a great listener and friend to me and to many others in our midst. And so we're thankful to hear from her when Kay. So we're doing two little parts here in our message today. So could we all just welcome Kay Rudd. <laughs> That light is blinding, and I won't be looking up. <laughs> so um, as we continue our series, like Sarah just said, uh, today we're going to talk about listening to God and to others. It's kind of a two-way street. And um, I appreciate the opportunity, but it's also been a very challenging opportunity to to share with you some of the ways that I have, I listen to God and honestly, I often have found it very hard work. So I hope that by the end, you're not discouraged at the hard work. But there are things about being a Christian that are not always easy, right? And there, there is a perseverance and there's a pressing in. So I'm going to share a few things about that today and I was reminded of the story of Adam and Eve because I really feel like God wants to communicate with us he does not want to hide from us that's he created us to have relationship with him so when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden what did they do they tried to hide from God and in those, um, there's about, well, there's a lot of verses there, uh, Genesis 3. Just this part of it, it said, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking 
in the garden in the cool of the day. I, I think that is so cool. They could hear God walking because they lived with him in the garden and they were used to not just talking with him, but walking with him. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Now, obviously, God knew where he was, but God asked Adam to identify it. And Adam answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So we won't go any further in the story. I think you know the story. But the idea is that when Adam did wrong, God still was trying to communicate with him. God was looking for him. God wanted to spend time with him. So I believe that's God's nature and that's his character to spend time with us. And he wants to communicate with us. So I don't think he wants it to be hard for us to hear him. And there's a myriad of reasons why it might be. Um, about almost five years ago now, my husband Jack died. And after he died, the house felt extremely quiet. And I'd had people tell me that God became their husband and my husband talked a lot, and I loved that about him because I like to process out loud. And guess what? I didn't hear that from God. And so I had a choice. Did I just walk around the house talking to God? Because I know he's there, but he's not answering. And sometimes we do go through times like that, especially if we want a real live conversation. Sometimes God answers us audibly, but not always. And so I found that a little discouraging. And then we, we smoothed into COVID season with more isolation. And now I was kind of going down this spiral and felt like I was really lacking joy. And I knew the verses, the joy of the Lord is my strength and I can get joy from the fruits of the spirit, but it still wasn't happening. And so I did a little word search. This is one of the ways that I listen to God is through the scriptures. And so I just started looking up the word joy and how do I get joy and how do I experience joy? And I came across uh, Psalm 1611, one of my favorite verses then, you make known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. So I believe that God is with us. That's a foundational principle I live with, right? God is with us. So then I should be filled with joy. So when I wasn't, I had a choice to either believe God or to believe my circumstances. And I just chose to believe God. It didn't always look like what I wanted joy to look like, but it was a truth. I was filled with joy in his presence because he was with me. And I think we sing a song. I couldn't try to remember which song, but we sing some songs about that, that God doesn't 
even when we don't see it, he's with us. We just have a choice to believe or to just stay stuck. And so that was one of my challenges there. Um, we do go often in times of waiting on God, right? Has anyone had any seasons of waiting? You, you know what the Bible says, you believe, but you, you're just in the waiting season. And I think those are hard. I don't know any easy way to wait except to remember, uh, we, we talked about this today a little bit already, that we, he is coming again. There is a new day coming. And that will give us, I think I put in that verse of Titus, um, just to help us remember that while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, we do have a blessed hope. We are not waiting in vain. And we need to encourage one another and remember that, that we're waiting for him to move. We're waiting for him to return. We're waiting for a new day. And what do we do while we wait? We press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Whatever that is, whatever it looks like that God has called us to do, to be, how, how we serve, how we live, we just press on. There's just sometimes no choice but hard work. And I'm, I don't mean that to be a downer. I just think it's reality. And even when I share some of these stories about how I hear God, it's a little hard for me to share because, frankly, it's been a lot of hard work. Not all the time. Sometimes he just shows me something or speaks but sometimes I have to really persevere with him. Um, God is also good, though, to give impressions. Do you ever have that? You just can't get someone off your mind. So you're praying for them, and then you call them, and you find out they're really going through a hard time. So I, I believe that's one other way God speaks to us, is by impressing on us things that he either wants us to do or people he wants us to contact or how we can pray for others. And so we can learn to trust those impressions. It's not always what we understand. When I was um, first filled with the Holy Spirit, I was having a really great prayer time, but I felt very impressed to be quiet. And I, I think in, maybe in most of my prayer times, I was used to doing all the talking of telling God what I wanted and needed. And this was a very clear time that I felt I was supposed to listen to God. I was like, hmm. 
And so I just sat there, and it felt awkward, but I was just waiting. And then he brought this Bible verse to my mind, because he speaks to me a lot through the Bible. Um, and I like that, because I feel I can trust the Word of God to, to lead. And this time he spoke um, the, the passage in Matthew 28, 19, and 20 about go into all the world and make disciples. Um, that was exciting to me because as a little seven-year-old girl, I really thought I wanted to be a missionary. And now this is years later, I'm trying to, I can't even remember, maybe 25 years later. <laughs> um, and he speaks that to me again. And now we're fairly new believers, my husband and I, and we have two little children. And it's like, okay, I, I don't really know what that means, but we just continued to persevere, to grow in the things of the Lord and to serve and 20 years later, after he spoke that verse to me, then we did actually go. We'd been serving, but we finally did the go part. So sometimes he tells us things that aren't going to happen for a while, right? And we just have to be faithful doing that press on to do the things he's given you to do. And then we come to the, the times, at least seven times in the Gospels, Jesus says, Whoever has ears, let him hear. Now, if you think about that, I think everyone in here has ears. Is that right? Is there anyone? So there must be two parts to having ears and hearing. And maybe there's really three parts because somewhere we have to come to understanding. So Jesus said this seven times. And then in... Uh, the book of Revelations, John said it, and these are just three different translations, and I just really had fun with this. The first one, whoever has ears, okay, that's all of us, right? Let him, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's the NIV. And then in the New Living Translation, anyone with ears to hear, so that's all of us again must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. So now we don't just have to hear and listen, we need to understand. And then in the, the message, I really like this, are your ears awake? Then listen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just thought that that was important and, and it's good for us to think about that there's obviously more to listening than just hearing. We can hear people's words, but it's really with our hearts that we understand. And I think maybe Ray Lynn's gonna talk about that uh, with us. Because it might be possible that we can hear and not understand. Have you ever? done that where you ask someone to tell you what they said and then you tell them what you thought they said and 
it wasn't the same thing. So there's often a need for clarification. But again, this seems to all be work. And is it worth it to, to do the work, to take the time to listen to others and to listen to God? So one of the things that we did in Vanuatu of we made a trip back there after we had turned over the work just for the sole purpose of listening to the leaders who were doing the work to find out how it was going. We were not there to teach them. We were not there to make commentary on what they were doing, but we were just there to listen. And it, it's always very interesting what you find out when you don't offer suggestions. As Americans, we're really good at that because we have a lot of great ideas. And we want you to just consider that this might be the answer. But with, especially with people in a developing country, they need to know that their ideas are valid. And if, if I then mention my idea, then all of a sudden my idea becomes the idea they have to go with. So it's really good for us to learn to just let people tell their story. Every Sunday we gather here. Um, some of us come early to pray for our service, our time together. And often one of the things I pray for is that while we're here, God will give us ears to hear and hearts to understand. Because whether it's in worship, in the lyrics of a song, and somehow God moves and touches your heart, or whether it's through the message, there's a lot of opportunities that we have to grow and to be have those encounters with God to not just get information, but to get transformation. I think that's what the gospel is all about, is seeing us transformed into the image of God. So I pray for that a lot, and it, it leaves me with that hope that when we come to church, we come with expectation that um, maybe something new is going to happen. Maybe even that we would wake up with expectation every day we are walking with God. He is with us, and what's he going to do? And just this morning, I found this quote. I felt like so much of what I wanted to say was all about hard work. And that could be a little tiring, maybe, or down, a downer. And I didn't want us to leave that way. So I, I found this quote from Eugene Peterson where he talked about, he is that it? Hmm? He talked about um, expectation. So let's just read this. To believe and serve a God who comes to live lives in a world to which God comes. What does that mean? 
And I'm saying if God comes, then he's also speaking. We need to listen. This is the expectant believer's task, to clarify that question, to celebrate it, and to live heartily and hopefully in response to the God who comes to us. Will we live slovenly with unbuttoned minds and disheveled spirits, thoughtlessly supposing that the same things will be forever monotonously repeated over and over again in creation and history? Or will we live alertly and ardently, convinced that God continues to come to us and will come to us again in Jesus? Will we believe that in expectantly waiting for his coming, being hospitable to his arrival, we are getting the most out of life? And I really pray that as we think about this listening idea, that we don't see listening to God as a just hard work, but we see it with expectation. He's a great God. He's a big God. What does he want to say to us today? How does he want us to live today? And then when we come together, let's come with expectation because it's a great opportunity to worship together and to care for one another, to encourage one another, and to learn together. So these were some of my thoughts about listening to God. And Raylene's going to come now and talk to us about some of her times of listening to people. And that's so great. Thank you, Raylene. Thanks, Kay. We'll do a little switcheroo here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to talk to you today, my part. Um, of listening of the journey that I have been on within the last year and definitely I would say in the spring um, during our emotionally healthy courses um, that I've really kicked up or wanted to level up my listening. Um, overall, I would believe that I am um, a, an above average listener. I think that I'm really great at that. I mean, honestly, I would probably say I'm excellent, but I don't, you know, I gotta work on that humility a little bit. Um, so overall, it's like, I'm a great listener. So this session, this class right here is gonna be easy when we got to it. But as we got to session five of Emotionally Healthy Relationships, um, I found that, in fact, I am not an excellent listener and that I did have room for improvement. And I kind of struggled back and forth with it because I know myself pretty well. Um, I was taking inventory of myself and I was like, but I have all the makings of an amazing listener. Um, all of my gifts and strengths line up with someone who really listens well. I'm a feeler. I'm mercy. I'm an includer, I'm woo, I'm an Enneagram too. If you, if you know what that is, that's about people. So I am people driven. I should be a good listener. And 
wrong. I found out that I did have room for improvement. I wouldn't say I was terrible, um, but I would say I was doing things that really stopped a connection um, with people when it came to listening. But um, a, a good way for me to figure it out was uh, this past weekend, I was on a road trip um, to and from Denver with Kelsey and Jane. And Kelsey and I were listening to a podcast on the Enneagram with uh, Susan Stabil. She's a renowned um, teacher of it. But she was talking about our strengths, and this really helped put it in perspective. Um, she basically said that our strengths are also our weaknesses. And I was like, ouch, like, how's, how could that be? How could our strength be our weakness? And as I had time to sit in it throughout the weekend and really ruminated on it, I started thinking about, like, when I sit with my people or with strangers or coworkers and they're in front of me and I start listening to their story or they're inviting me into their life. Um, you know, they're just trying to connect and open with me. I'd say maybe they get in a few sentences and then my strengths of all of those things to want to fix and do starts formulating a plan. In my mind, I'm formulating a plan. Um, I'm doing your next steps. What are your next steps? Um, maybe the next two, maybe the whole steps. We're going to change your life. And that's where it became a weakness because on autopilot, I kick into my strengths. But as a listener, I totally, probably, more than likely, definitely, I'm just saying it assuredly missed the point of what you were trying to say to me because I was in my own brain, I was in my own mind. And when we do that, um, we get in the way of real listening. I'm, I'm gonna say we, I hope it's not just me. Um, but yeah, so we get in the way of listening. So back to the EHR courses on that session, it was an, a session called incarnational listening. And so what does that mean? We'll have Grace pull that up. So the purpose of incarnational lis listening is to listen at a heart level with empathy. You're attuned to the words and nonverbal communication of another person so that the other person feels felt by you. Um, have you ever had a conversation with anyone and when it was over, you were like, that person had no idea what I just said? Um, we weren't connecting or you just leave feeling empty when you've like put your whole heart out to them? Has that happened to anyone? Is it just me? Yes. Okay. Great. Thank you, Meg. <laughs> um, so that's the idea of incarnational listening and where that comes in and why I have found it to be so important. Um, when I'm listening on a heart level, for me, I've learned that that is an act of act or demonstration of love. Um, I'm putting myself aside. I'm putting my feelings, my thoughts, my opinions, my judgments. I'm just putting that down for a little bit so I can truly focus on them. And I thought I was doing that when I was making the plans for them and trying to figure out their life. But I really wasn't. And that's the incarnational part when we think of Jesus and all his wonder and glory and all that he is. He still came here to be with us and he put all of that aside um, so he could be present with us and uh, walk with us. And when you think about it, um, 
when I think of like the examples and the interactions that he had with people, like Jesus was here with a plan, with an agenda, and then people would come to him with tears and sorrows and complaints, and it didn't matter what was going on, he still stopped and he listened. He paused what he was doing. He put himself aside for a moment for the bigger plan for all of us, but to be present with that person in that moment. And that's what I want to learn how to do. And you think Jesus didn't have to do that while that person is sitting there crying or complaining or just sorrowful. He knew what was coming next. But instead, he wasn't like, oh, I know what's happening, so can we move on? He just paused with them and entered into that. Whatever that messy was, whatever the tension was, the sorrow, all of it. Um, and I think he did that because I believe that he knew that listening and love go hand in hand. Um, there's a quote from EHR from David Augsburger um, that they put in there. It says, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. Listening and love are so close that you think it's the same thing. And when we saw that quote in the workbook, for me, I was like, man, I want my love um, for this person I want them to be able to feel it and I want them that to be evident and so I knew that meant I had to level up on my <laughs> listening skills and for me that's the most important thing is that people are known that they're loved that they're seen um, and I'm not doing that if I'm formulating a plan uh, so we'll go back to EHR for a moment and I'm just going to briefly give you the steps if you want the full scoop you will all be joining us in the spring for emotionally healthy classes. Um, trust me, you want to, they're so great. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna talk about the steps. So there's a slide, if uh, Grace, you wanna put it up. So within incarnational listening, there's two things that should be going on. There's the speaker and the listener. Um, if you listen to session one with Sarah opening the listening series, she talks about how it's an active participation between two people. Um, I'm not going to focus on the speaker today because I'm going to focus on how we should be a great listener. So no, come to the course, you'll understand both. Okay, so step one. Uh, you're going to need to give the speaker your full attention. You can't be distracted. You can't be checking your phones. You can't be multitasking. Um, you have to fully give them your attention. And when we started doing these steps, I noticed that even at work, um, as um, my peers or co-workers would come in and they would want to talk with me, and I would be trying to have a serious conversation with them while I was also typing, typing away on the computer, um, wasn't even looking at them, wasn't even engaging with them because I was like, I can do so many things. Or if I'm with my friends, I would notice how many times I would pick up my phone and pick up my phone and just kind of check. I think it's a natural thing we all do, but it's just something that I really wanted to work on um, to give them my full attention. And with that full attention, you, um, you also can't be thinking about your rebuttal or your plan for them. Um, <laughs> so again, that area that I really need to work on, I do, I want to formulate a plan. I, I want to solve the problem, but if I'm doing that, I'm not really listening. 
So when I, for me, when I notice my, myself going into those areas where like, I'm going to make the plan, I just, a little tip for me is I like literally just change my body posture. I do something to put my mind back in on that person. Um, I wanted to share this Proverbs because it was really funny and humbling for me. Um, Grace, if you can go to the next one. And Proverbs 18, 13. In the NIV, it says to answer before listening is foolish and shameful. But if you just want to get to it with the message, it says answering before listening is both stupid and rude. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I don't want to be stupid or rude or shameful. So, yeah, so that's why it's important to give you the... Uh, person your full attention. And then we have step two. We want to step into the speaker's shoes for a moment. Um, by doing so, you're able to really connect with them. Again, we're laying aside ourselves and, and kind of and get to the heart of what they're feeling. Not what you think they should be feeling, not what you are feeling, but what they are feeling. Um, there's so much being said outside of words when someone is having a conversation with you. That's why it's important to step into who they are for a moment and get an idea of where they're coming from. Because there's so much of that nonverbal um, that you'll pick up on if you just step into their shoes for a moment. Step three, always a little bit hard <laughs> for me, I'll admit it, avoid judging or interpreting. Um, it's so easy to start having a conversation with someone and maybe a you're trying to interpret what they're saying they're telling me this but this is what you're saying don't do that like because you actually aren't listening and but the most important don't judge it's easy when someone starts talking and you're like i don't like this so this is silly this is dumb i don't agree and then you've checked out again this is why it's important to put ourselves aside for a moment to have a deep connection with someone because sometimes people are going to say things that you do not agree with and that is okay it is okay to be in the uncomfortable it is okay to be in the messy middle just because you're listening to someone doesn't mean you agree um, step four is we're going to reflect back as accurately as you can what you heard them say. So at some point after they've had time to chat and talk with you, um, if there's moments of pause, it, it's really good to clarify, like this is what I'm hearing you say. Um, I At first when we started doing these skills, it felt a little hard, but I have noticed such a change with my friends, with my coworkers, when I just add in some clarifying questions. Um, it reminds me of a friend from Oklahoma. He was an amazing teacher, him and his wife. Um, but he was just so skilled at teaching that anytime he taught us something, when it would be done, he would say, okay, now tell me what I said. Because if I could reflect it back to him, if I could tell him what he said, what he said, he knew I fully understood. He knew that we were in the same page with each other and so that's why reflecting back or you can even call it clarifying is good plus it's just lets that person know that if you've said it back that you were listening to them um, and then when you think it is the speaker is done the next question is is there more do you have more give them another moment to reflect um, so they can make sure they're getting it all out. I know when we were practicing the skill and someone would say, is there more? I'd be like, actually there is. <laughs> and so it, like, it really helps get it all out. 
Step six, we're on the final step. And it says, when the speaker is done, ask of everything you have shared, what is the most important thing you want me to remember? And I really appreciate this one, even though I thought I wouldn't when we were doing this skill. Cause like when you're reading it and you're not in class and you're practicing it, you're like, I'm not gonna ask someone of all the things, what do you want me to remember? But as you practice it and you go through it, I feel like it was probably one of the most powerful parts because there's so much when someone's telling you a story or where there's so much that's happening in a conversation. And sometimes when you ask, what is that one thing you want me to remember? Generally out of everything that I've shared, there's just one point, like the heart of it that I am struggling with. And that allows that person to be like, this is basically, or what we would call the root of it, or this is really what's holding me back. Um, so I started practicing all of these six steps. So those are the six steps. So we're gonna give the speaker your attention. We're gonna step into the speaker's shoes. We're gonna avoid judging or interpreting. We're gonna reflect back. We're gonna ask them, is there more? And then finally, what is the most important? Um, until you're in the class, it, it, it can feel kind of, as they call it, wooden, or it feels just kind of like, oh, this is just our process, but it really does come naturally as you're talking through it. Um, sorry about that. Okay, so of the six steps, I just really wanted to start practicing those. I, and it, I've noticed in my life, it's truly changed, I think, my perspective of people. Um, it's changed my connection with people. It's changed my understanding of, of things that I probably thought I understood. But when I just finally just sat and listened, um, I, I feel deepened connections. Uh, I'm definitely on a, I think, deeper levels with people that I thought I would probably never go. And it also has really taught me to pause and consider other things other than myself getting myself out of the way, the point of the incarnational listening is that we are getting ourselves out of the way for other people. I think some of the struggles that people have with incarnational listening or just listening in general is it's because you have to lean in um, to that person's struggles or hardships and we don't all like that. Um, it's it's really hard to be sitting in front of someone who are sharing hard things. We get uncomfortable and we're like, oh, okay, thanks, fix, I'll fix it and move on. But it's okay to sit and pause in that moment with them um, to hold that tension. And for me, I was like, just sit here, quit trying to do, quit trying to solve. Really listening and loving this person right now is just being with them and holding space in this moment. I think another pitfall is, is when someone's telling you something and maybe you don't agree with them, um, we naturally want to cut them off because if we let them do the whole sentence, then, oh my goodness, we must be agreeing with them. That is not true either. It's actually, for me, it's been character building to sit with someone who has been saying stuff that I don't agree with, but I'm actually just sitting and pausing and considering why they are thinking that way, what's coming that way. It's really teaching me to come closer and lean into people that maybe um, I don't always agree with. And that's okay, guys. We're not always going to agree, but we can show our love to them by listening. Like I said, just the, the conversations with coworkers has been so different, just even strangers. I had an example the other day where someone showed up at the office 
and it's been a pretty crazy week for me and I have a thousand things going on, but I could tell just when this person walked in, they needed to talk to someone. And in the middle of my busy, I was just like, come back to my office. I put everything away, sat and had them sit in front of me and they just started pouring out their hearts. And that person just needed that moment. They just needed someone to love them and hear them. And that's what these um, skills have taught me is to be better at that, better at putting myself aside so someone else um, can, can truly be heard. And also when I'm putting myself aside, I'm letting you know, the Holy Spirit do, do the work that I'm trying to do all the time because I think I'm better sometimes at it. Not true, as we know. Um, it's definitely, these are skills that need to be practiced. As Kay said, listening, is it's hard work. Um, I'd like to think that it's easy. I would say all the time I will have conversations now and I'm like, oh, you're doing it again. Inside, I'm like, you're doing it again. You're doing it again. Um, listen, be present. Quit trying to solve. Listen, like I, whatever it is that I come up with. Um, but it is something that takes practice. When you love someone, you practice um, skills for them. You practice um, putting them first. Uh, just a funny little story back to our road trip. Um, so Jane and Kelsey and I are very different personalities. And when Jane and I are together, we're pretty loud and we listen to music past what probably normal people should and we shout and we're theater people. And we knew we were going on this road trip with Kelsey. And so Jane and I would practice and practice being like, we are gonna be quiet. We are gonna have moments of pause we're going to simmer ourselves down because we love Kelsey. And Jane would always be, it's because we love Kelsey. And when we were on this road trip, uh, we would feel ourselves rising. And then they were coming right off of camp, so extremely tired. And Jane and I would start going. And then we would look over and we would see, oh, Kelsey's starting to doze off. And Jane's were, words were, this is the moment we've been practicing for. It's here. And I'd be like, right. So we'd turn the music down. She'd get quiet. We'd just be like, we're going to be quiet. Um, I say that, though, because that's kind of, for me, what this is. Like, this is skills. It's hard work. But as we loved Kelsey so much and wanted her experience, like, we wanted to invite her into our fun, but also invite us into who she is, which meant we needed to be quiet sometimes and we needed to be calm sometimes for me that's what this incarnational listening is is that you're putting yourself aside just to love someone else i mean really agape love someone else is if you can put yourself aside and listen um now kind of like the this is the moment we've been practicing for when i'm having conversations a verse that always pops into my head is james 119 where it says um my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. So sometimes when I sit with people, I even run that through my head, quick to listen, Raylan, slow to speak, don't get frustrated. And just over and over, quick to listen, slow to speak. If they're frustrating me, slow to anger, Raylan, slow to anger. Um, Cause I'm just, I'm just a person and I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to want to solve. I'm going to want to fix. So these are things that help me. And so I just really challenge you that if you want to love others and love them well, it's just really step into these um, skills on listening. 
I want to leave, leave you with one last quote that I really like by Dietrich Bonhoeffer that says, the first service that one owes to others and the fellowship consists in listening to them. Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to, listen to them. So if you want to talk more about EHR or just listening or how it's going, like I said, sometimes I'm really going great and sometimes not so great. Um, I'd love to chat with you more, but that would be my challenge is learning to put yourself aside so others can, can really open up to you. Thank you, Raylan. Yeah, let's clap for her and say thanks. So thankful for people who are willing to share in our midst. Um, on Sundays, our goal for these, this meeting is that, um, first of all, you experience the presence of God. That's, that's first, like we wanna experience God's presence in that dialogue and relationship. Secondly, we want you to be equipped. And so today there were lots of practical tools um, from scripture and from one another about how to relate and love one another well. And then third, we want you to connect with one another too, because we need each other for under the iceberg the rest of the week, as Aaron mentioned earlier. So connection, equipping, and presence. So we just pray that you experience that. Let's all stand. I'm going to pray in response to this message. And then also, if it's your first time with us, if you want to learn more about what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to experience salvation, um, what it means to go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, we want to give you that opportunity. We are here for you to walk you through that. And so, but we want to respond to what the Lord is saying to us today. So, Lord, First of all, we want to hear you. Thank you that you're that God who, like with Adam and Eve, is always pursuing us, always wants to speak to us. Thank you even though that sometimes we have a hard time hearing and we don't have ears to hear, you're still speaking to us. And we just pray today, we say we want to have open ears, open hearts to you and to our brothers and sisters, to our coworkers, to our neighbors, to our children, to our grandparents. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive and understand from you and others. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you. If you would like prayer, we'll have some people over here at this prayer table who would love to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you, Kay, Ray Lynn. Lots of people in this room would love to pray with you. So reach out, be bold, and um, connect with others. God bless you.